Ladies and gentlemen, I'm your host, DJ Hamilton, here at the DJ Sports Show here on WRCR 1700 AM radio on this beautiful afternoon here in West Haverstraw. My main man, Will, across from me. Good afternoon. And I hope you all are having a great afternoon. It's a beautiful day outside. This weather's been a little bit bipolar, but let's get right into it. So I want to talk about CJ Stroud, Houston Texans quarterback, killing the NFL right now. I want to talk some tennis, five players being suspended for match fixing, and then my reaction is on the Draymond Green suspension. First things first, I want to bring on a good friend of mine who I had the honor to meet at the Black Sports Symposium event in April back in Atlanta, sponsored by ESPN. He's a host uh, and producer of the AFC, touring the AFC South, and he's a freelance journalist, my main man, Mike Patton. What's going on, man? Hey, what's up, Mike? How you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. How are you? I'm doing good. It's an honor to have you here on the show, man. Pleasure, man. It's a pleasure. I definitely uh, a good occasion to come on and talk about a little CJ Stroud. Oh yeah. <laughs> so Mike, you're you're an expert on the AFC South. You covered teams such as Jaguars, the Texans, and so forth. What has impressed you most about CJ Stroud so far and what makes him a legitimate MVP candidate in your eyes? What has surprised me most about him and not the numbers are all for his fifteen touchdowns and interception, but what has surprised me the most about him is his leadership. The thing that, that Young players usually don't do when they come in. They don't come in as leaders. They don't come in as guys that are basically the focal point of the team. He definitely is the focal point of the team. Everyone looks towards him. Uh, they, you know, things are down, things are up, whatever. They all look towards him, and that's a very special quality, especially for a rookie to have. Yeah, and one thing that makes him a legitimate MVP candidate is you need to put up historical numbers, your impact on winning. And first of all, he's putting up historical numbers. He became the first rookie quarterback in a single game to throw for 470 yards, which is the most for a rookie quarterback in NFL history. He did that against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Week 9 in a thrilling comeback 39-37 victory in a game that also saw him throw for five touchdowns and have no turnovers in the process. And he was 30-42 of 42 on his completions, which is 71%. He continued his brilliance the following week against Joe Burrow and the Bengals at Burrow's house in Cincinnati, where they won 30-27. to 30 to 27 in week 10 
He threw for 356 yards, a touchdown, a rushing touchdown, had an interception and two fumbles with an 87.1 passer rating. He wasn't as statistically dominant in Week 10 against the Bengals as he was against the Buccaneers, but still impressive nonetheless. He also has had big moments, whether it's the 15-yard go-ahead touchdown to Tank Dell in Week 9 against the Buccaneers, especially after that throw to Tank Dell the previous play where he got inside the 20. And then against the Bengals, a ruckus crowd. The crowd is roaring. Their score is tied 27-27, and he needs to get his team within field goal range to win the game. There was one pass I saw when the pass rush was coming at him ferociously, and he somehow, someway, threw a perfect pass to Tank Dell. Tank Dell dropped it, and it was a perfect throw. But one thing that stood out to me on that play, especially for a rookie quarterback, this guy in his first year, he didn't hang his head down. He didn't go, oh, man, why he didn't catch that? He didn't throw his hands up, shrug his shoulders. No. His body language, he showed his composure and his leadership, and he said, next play. Next play, next few plays, he finds Dalton Schultz for a big game. Then he finds Noah Brown for a big 20-yard first down. And they get within field goal range, and they win the game. That showed me his resilience and his patience, and that's what really stood out to me about him. Right, right. He definitely is a guy that is one of the kind of Everyone going into the draft was talking about T.J. Stroud and Bryce Young. Bryce Young and his boys and things like that. But what we've seen so far is what I knew going into the And T.J. Stroud was the most talented quarterback that was 23 draft, and he's showing it each and every week along with the leadership as well, and trying to be the first rookie to win the NFL MVP since January. Yep. Yeah, he's he's on a good pace right now. As a rookie, he ranks first in the following categories: touchdown interception ratio, fifteen to two, passing yards per game, two ninety one point eight, three hundred yard games with four, and he has forty three games, forty three twenty plus yard completions. Excuse me. He's also second in total passing yards as of as we sit right now, currently with two thousand six hundred twenty six behind Sam Howell of the Washington Commanders, and he's tenth in QBR rating with sixty three point three percent. Impressive numbers for someone who's just a rookie. In the NFL, he's not even 15 games into his career yet, and he's putting up decent type of impressive numbers. Right, right. And the biggest thing I always think is going to be the next jump for him is when teams start adjusting to him. Yep. And to see what he does after that, because of course, it's not a great quarterback or a great player in general. Is when teams adjust to you, and yep. you adjust to that adjustment, and you're still going to be Yeah, definitely. One thing that also impresses me is uh, not this MVP. It's not not this about the stats you put up, but your impact on winning. The Texans, they have missed the playoffs in each of the last three seasons, 4-12, 4-13, and 3-13. and Last year, they were last in the AFC South. They already have five wins this season, sitting at 5-4, and four, heading into Week 11, which is second in AFC South behind the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are currently at 6-3. and three. So they already have more wins in this current season than they had all of the last three seasons, basically at this point in junction of the season. And right, right. Definitely that's the thing I'm looking at also with this team. They have the Jaguars coming up in a couple weeks. So it'll be interesting to see how that happens. If they sweep the Jaguars, I believe they win this division. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, they have a three-game homestand in the next few weeks. They have the Cardinals coming tomorrow, 1 p.m. Eastern time. They have the Jaguars November 26th, and they have the Broncos coming to Houston on December 3rd. I think they're all winnable games. If he continues to play at this level, I, I, I can see them going 3-0 in that next three-week stretch. Definitely. Definitely can agree with that. Uh, you know, it's just amazing uh, what the Nico Ryans have done in terms of invigorating that team along with C.J. Stroud being the quarterback for that team. 
Oh, definitely, man. Currently, he's six. He sits seventh for MVP according to Fox Sports with plus two thousand odds, and he's looking to become the first rookie, like you said, since Jim Brown to win the MVP in nineteen fifty-seven. Jim Brown was the last person to do that. Tom Brady didn't do it. Peyton Manning didn't do it. We have how, how many legends that Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, none of those guys did it. And this guy's lo- looking like a legitimate threat to win the MVP if they continue to win games and he plays at the level he's playing at. That's going to be something to interesting to see and follow as the season progresses. What the incredible part is, going into his junior year, he wasn't the most highly recruited guy. Nope. He went to a uh, he went to a, something in uh, Oregon. He went to a passing uh, you know, passing place in seven oh seven in Oregon, and that's where his start took off, and that's when he became CJ Stroud. We know and love him. Oh wow, that's crazy. Yeah, like CJ Stroud, he has he has great physical tools. He's six foot three, so he has good height for a quarterback. He has a good arm. He's athletic. He has a good build, and that's something you want in the modern day quarterback. You see it with the prototypes like Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, Justin Herbert. The list goes on and on. Right, and the thing that's even more interesting is that the biggest criticism that people have for him is that he doesn't run. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't really yeah, run out of the pocket. Right, right. He doesn't run out of pocket. That's not necessarily something that you want a quarterback to do all the time anyway. Yeah. So it just wasn't to me. I was like, wow, you know, they're really criticizing this man because he doesn't run like other black quarterbacks run. Yep. He's still a good quarterback. It just was kind of an interesting uh, criticism, in my opinion. Yeah, that's definitely true. But hey, Mike, it's been great having you on the show. Tell the people where they can find your work, man. I right, you can find on the AFC South on all listed platforms and Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Apple Music, iHeartRadio, and more, and uh, also YouTube. And you can also find me on uh, Twitter, uh, excuse me, the artist formerly known as Twitter, at uh, Mike Patton, Hey, man, Mike, it's an honor to have you on the show, OG. I appreciate you, everything you've done for me since we met back in April. And I just want to thank God every day for bringing a person like you into my life, man. I really appreciate it. Make sure you guys go check out his work. He does a lot of great work, and he brings on great guests every single week. So make sure you guys go give him his flowers. He does a lot of great work. I appreciate you, Mike. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. You too, DJ. Have a good one. You too, man. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, that was my main man, Mike Patton of Torn AC South. He is one of my great friends, and I had an honor to meet him back in April. And we've been good friends in a group chat thread ever since we connected. Coming back from the break, we're going to talk about some tennis. Some people, five tennis, low-ranked tennis players were banned for match-fixing. You're listening to the DJ Sports Show on 1700 WRCR, 1700 AM radio, and we'll be right back. Toss and turn, I keep stressing my mind, mind. I look for peace, but see, I don't attain. What I need for keeps this silly game we play, play. Now look at this. Madness the magnet keeps attracting me, me. I try to run, but see, I'm not that fast. I think I'm first, but surely finish last, last. Cause day and night, the lonely stoner seems to free his mind at night. He's all alone through the day and night. The lonely loner seems to free his mind at night. At night, day and night, the lonely stoner seems to free his mind at night. 
Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. DJ Sports Show here on WRCR 1700 AM Radio. And now let's quickly talk about some tennis. Some big news came out in Tennis World earlier this week. Five tennis players, lower-ranked tennis players, were suspended for a link to match fixing. Wow. that's I was surprised when I heard it. Some of their names include Christopher Figueroa, Jose Antonio Rodriguez Rodriguez, Antonio Rosales, Orlando Rangel, Alberto Rojas Maldonado. So, this was announced according to a fixing syndicate in Belgium, according to the International Tennis Integrity Agency, which was reported on Thursday. So, here are some of the punishments for the players. So, it was four Guatemalans and one Mexican. Maldonado is a Mexican who was banned for tennis from tennis for life, and he was fined $250,000, which was the maximum allowed. He was ranked the career best 992nd in 2015 and committed 92 breaches and played a pivotal role in the corruption of other players, according to the ITIA. And this, this case was connected to the criminal case of Grigor Sargisian, which is the leader of the syndicate. There's also players such as Figueroa, who is a Guatemalan who was ranked 326 in 2011, who was suspended for life and fined $75,000. He was previously served a ban for match fixing that was announced in 2018. 
Rodriguez Rodriguez is a Mexican who was ranked 1367th in 2017, was found to have acted with Maldonado for what the ITIA ruled called significant financial gain, and he was barred for 12 years and fined $25,001. And Rosales was a Mexican ranked 652nd in 2008, was suspended for 10 years and fined $30,000. Rangel, lastly, was a Mexican who was ranked 1735th in 2015 and was banned for two years and fined $10,000. When I heard this news, these players ought to be mortified of themselves. They should be ashamed. Fixing matches is criminal, unethical, and a disgrace to the integrity of sports for financial gain. And people pay the hard-earned money to come see these athletes compete at their very best. And even people sometimes, some sports, people are, people are putting money in, the hard-earned money to bet on these players because they think they're going to give their best effort. And to hear this news, if I'm a tennis fan, this is a black eye on tennis. Like, well, I know you don't really uh, watch sports, but you've been to Yankees game. Like, say you pay hard-earned money and you hear a team is match-fixing. I know back in a few years ago, there was the Astros cheating scandal of sign-stealing or whatever. They were doing those tra- banging trash cans and all that. If you were paying hard-earned money and you found out that your favorite team or players were not giving their best ever and trying to lose on purpose to win money or whatever, point-shaving, as you call it, wouldn't you be upset? I'd feel pretty ripped off if I do say so myself. Exactly. And to hear this tennis news coming out, it's kind of egregious. And these players ought to be penitent of themselves. And I, I, I couldn't believe it when I saw this. And this is a black eye on tennis. I think tennis is going to do something really. They already uh, punished these players. And we're going to see what happens going further. They're probably going to investigate even more. And this is a criminal case. We don't like seeing stuff like this in sports. I hate hearing stuff like this happen in sports. But, yeah, I just wanted to quickly talk about that. That was my thoughts on that. I I was just shocked when I heard this news. But, yes, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take another quick break. Coming back on the DJ Sports, we're going to talk about my reaction to the Draymond Green suspension. And, boy, is that going to be a good one. Listen to the DJ Sports Show here on WRCR, 1700 AM radio. And we'll be right back. I knew my rent was going to be late about a week ago.
wanna talk? You know me, I'm off in the cut. Always like a squirrel, looking for a nut. This is up for show, I'm not talking about luck. I'm not talking about love, I'm talking about lust. Now let's get loose, have some fun. Forget about bills in the first of the month. It's my night, your night, our night. Let's turn it up. I knew my ring was gonna be late about a week ago. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back here on the DJ Sports Show here on WRCR 1700 AM Radio. Here is the scuffle that happened between the Warriors and the Timberwolves on Tuesday night in the play-in. Step back three. And so we're scoreless. We'll stay 0-0 the first two minutes. And then look, look at Clay Thompson and McDaniels. What is going on with that? Wow. You've got a full-on fracas going on. Raymond came in to defend Clay. This, this got out of hand very quickly. Look at, look at Clay Thompson's jersey. It's ripped up. That's more than a scuffle. We're going to have to go to replay and look at all of this, but Clay Thompson's never been involved in anything like that. What, what was Jade McDaniels doing? They were going at each other's heads. That was serious. I mean, as you said, Clay's going to need a whole new jersey. Clay is as mild-mannered a player as we've ever seen. They're just running down the floor, and they got tangled up. I want to see who initiated it first, though. Here's a look at it. So they're kind of coming together. Clay's boxing him out, puts his hand on his jersey. Jade McDaniels puts his hand on his jersey. Now they're swinging each other around. Gobert gets in there. Draymond's got him in a headlock. So, yes, that was the sound from the scuffle between... Timberwolves players Rudy Gobert, Jaden McDaniels, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green. And man, it first started with the Wolves forward Jaden McDaniels ripping Warriors guard Clay Thompson's jersey, and then Rudy Gobert tried to break up the fight. He was looking like he was grabbing Clay Thompson, and then we had Draymond Green, Warriors forward, come in and put him in a headlock, which was uncalled for. Happened on Tuesday night in a playing game. So, Draymond Green was suspended for five games and fined $770,000 due to putting Timberwolves-centered Rudy Gobert in a headlock Tuesday. Here is the Warriors head coach Steve Kerr on Draymond Green's actions. What, what is, we haven't spoken with you since Draymond was officially <laughs> suspended. Just your reaction on that. And when we last talked to you, you said it looked like Rudy had you know, yeah. Clay. Draymond yeah. was defending Clay. But seeing the tape back, seeing everything, do you think that Draymond took it a little bit too far? Yes, he definitely took it too far. Um, I didn't have a problem with him getting Rudy off of Clay because, you know, the rule of thumb is you don't put your hands on another player on the other team. You, you, take, you get your own guy. And so I thought Rudy was wrong for putting his arms on Clay, regardless of his uh, intentions. Um, so I had no problem with Draymond getting him off of him, but he's got to let go. And he hung on for six, seven seconds. And... Uh, it was a terrible uh, visual for the league, for Draymond, for everybody. So Draymond was wrong. Um, he knows that. Um, it's a bad look. The, the five games is deserved, and um, you know we move forward. And a quick follow-up to that too, because Draymond's fire and, and passion. You've talked about it. We mm -hmm. all know how important that is to this team and yeah. what you guys have accomplished. But the league has also said, you know, in this statement and then also back in that Kings uh, series when he was suspended, like his past actions continue to play a role mm -hmm. in these decisions. So how do you, how does he, the organization, navigate 
those types of things and making sure this doesn't continue to happen? It's a great question, and it's um, something we are working hard on behind the scenes. Um, Draymond has to find a way to not cross the line. Um, and I'm not talking about, you know, getting an ejection and getting a technical. I'm talking about, um, you know, a physical act of, of violence. I mean, that's... Um, inexcusable and and um, so we have to do everything we can um, to, to give him the help and the assistance that he needs to be able to uh, to draw that distinction between being you know an incredible competitor um, which he's always been that's why he's in the position he is that's why he's the player he is um, but he can't cross that line and um, he, he crossed it the other night for sure Hey, coach. That is the Warriors head coach Steve Kerr on Draymond's behavior and actions that happened on Tuesday night against the Timberwolves. And I, I'm in agreement with him. This is this is outlandish behavior from Draymond Green. This is a guy who uh, who is one of the greatest competitors we've ever seen, one of the greatest defenders, one of the greatest play one of the greatest playmakers for his position that we've ever seen. And yes, we know he's a passionate player. He loves to leave he leaves his heart out there on the floor. He gives you everything. But this 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 is unacceptable behavior. This is fifth career suspension. He has had a numerous amount of things like this happen throughout his career. Remember in 2016 playoffs, I know you big basketball fans are out there listening. He, in the 2016 playoffs, had that little kicking spree he was doing when he was kicking players in the private area, such as Steven Adams, who was on the Thunder at the time. Steven Adams, I remember that cost him. And then LeBron James in 2016 finals where he tried to punch him in the private area. And that cost him the game five suspension in the NBA finals that year when they went 73-9 and during the regular season. And that probably cost him the championship because that changed the momentum of the series. That gave the Cavaliers, Kyrie Irving, and LeBron James go off in game five for 41 points apiece. They take care of business in game six at home in Cleveland. And then they have all the momentum going their way. The pressure's on Golden State in game seven. And LeBron and Kyrie close the deal in game seven for the epic 3-1 comeback. And that's probably due to Draymond Green's behavior in that playoffs series. And also the incident with Kevin Durant. When they were barking at each other in the winter of 2018 against the Clippers, he's barking at KD, saying, "Oh, why are you taking the, why are you taking the, why are you not giving the ball?" This and that. Even though KD is the best player on the team, and KD even admitted that was a breaking point for him and why he left the Warriors. So that dynasty got shortcutted right there potentially due to Draymond Green's behavior. And then now we have this: Draymond Green the other day against Donovan Mitchell, he gets ejected, and then now he's put a headlock. And Rudy Gobert. And the game before that, he was barking at Anthony Edwards. So this is abominable behavior by Draymond Green. I hope he cleans it up. This is a, a distraction for the Warriors. They don't need nothing like this. And I can't forget last year when he punched Jordan Poole in the face. Before, oh. Yeah, punched Jordan Poole in the face. <laughs> and there before there was during training camp last year, and that knocked off the whole chemistry of the team, the whole vibe, and that ruined everything. And they weren't the same team last season that they were the year prior when they won the championship. And that's in large part due to Draymond Green's actions and behavior, not not being able to control his temperament. So they needed to really do something there. Bob Myers, I know, is not the GM there. He kept Draymond Green in check. So I want to see what the Warriors do going forward. The league paid, they put it a hard foot down on Draymond Green, saying five games and we're going to fine you as well. You need to clean up your act because we're not tolerating it no more. So, yeah, those are my two cents on Draymond Green's suspension. I hope he gets it together because we can't keep seeing this and the league's not going to tolerate it no more. But yes, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for the DJ Sports show here on WRCR, 1700 AM Radio. Coming up next is Tough Times with Lou Young with the latest on climate change. 
it's a beautiful day outside. I don't know why it's so warm out. <laughs> it's November. It's almost Thanksgiving. It should be cold outside, but it's not. So tough times with Lou Young is coming up the latest on climate change, and he's going to describe why is it so warm outside. But, yes, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you guys enjoyed the show. I'll be back probably December 16th because next week's Thanksgiving. And then the week after that, December 2nd, I have a baby shower to go to for my cousin. So I'm a little busy the next few weekends. So we'll be back in probably the next three weeks to a month. Listen to DJ Sports Show. Make sure you guys continue to check out my website, djsportshow.com. Check out my YouTube, subscribe, DJ Sports Show, and my podcast on all platforms. This is your host, DJ Hamilton, and I'll see you all next time. Have a great afternoon, everybody. Oh, yo. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too bad, yeah. Shoot my shot, shoot my shot, shoot my shot. I ain't gon' miss, I'm gon' splash, I'm gon' finish. Oh, you wanna stop my water, my drip? You can try, but you ain't taking me alive. You ain't taking me alive. So give me my spot, I ain't gon' sit, shoot my shot. You ain't never seen no one do it like this. If you say you did, then you're a lie, 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 You ain't taking me alive. I believe I can fly. I believe anything could be achieved when applied. Gotta reach for the sky. Wanna do it, but I never had a reason to try. Do you believe in a lie? Want something so bad it could eat you alive? I see the grief in your eyes. Pray that opportunities might reach you in time, but I came too far to give up now. Work too hard to get stuck now. Every corner I turned, I was turned down. Had a look at my life like what now? Can't express myself, I shut down. Ain't no one left, it's just us now. Just me and myself with my bus down. Mama couldn't pay rent, but we up now. Shoot my shot, I ain't gon' miss. I'm gon' splash, I'm gon' switch. Are you gonna stop my water, my drip? You can drive a G, taking me alive. You ain't taking me alive. So give me my spot. I ain't gon' sit, shoot on my shot, I ain't gon' miss it. You ain't never seen no one do it like this. If you say you did, then you's a lie. You ain't taking me alive. I've been thinking about this since I was young.